Shining City Audio, a John Meacham and C-13 original studio. On September 23, 1952, Richard Nixon delivers his checkers speech. I'm John Meacham, and this is Reflections of History. It would prove a pattern in his life. The moment Richard Nixon rose, he would be at risk of falling. In the late summer and early autumn of 1952, the young California senator was elevated to the number two spot on Dwight Eisenhower's Republican presidential ticket. You move up, he was advised, or you move out. And Nixon very much wanted to move up. In September, as the general election campaign was beginning, the New York Post then a liberal newspaper, published a headline, Secret Nixon Fund. Secret Rich Man's Trust Fund keeps Nixon in style far beyond his salary. It was a cheap shot. As was customary in those days, Senator Nixon had a fund that covered political expenses, not strictly personal ones. But as political stories can do, it grew, and Nixon's many foes were gleeful. Even the Republican New York Herald Tribune weighed in, calling on Nixon to step down from the ticket. Eisenhower waffled, declining to come to his running mate's defense. At last, it was decided that Nixon would take his case to the people. And so, on this date in 1952, he, with his wife Pat by his side, appeared on national television to make a full financial disclosure and to plead for his political life. He said, I come before you tonight as a candidate for the vice presidency and as a man whose honesty and integrity has been questioned. Now, the usual political thing to do when charges are made against you is to either ignore them or to deny them without giving details. I believe we've had enough of that in the United States, particularly with the present administration in Washington, D.C. To me, the office of the vice presidency of the United States is a great office, and I feel that the people have got to have confidence in the integrity of the men who run for that office and who might obtain it. I have a theory, too, that the best and only answer to a smear or to an honest misunderstanding of the facts is to tell the truth. And that's why I'm here tonight. I want to tell you my side of the case. His side of the case was to disclose, as he put it, what he owned and what he owed. It was not the story of a wealthy man. And Nixon was shrewd in this. Most Americans were more like him than not. There were two touches that endure in the popular political memory. One was an allusion to his wife, the other to his daughters and their dog. Alluding to a Truman White House scandal in which a secretary had been given a mink coat, Nixon said, That's what we have, and that's what we owe. It isn't very much, but Pat and I have the satisfaction that every dime that we've got is honestly ours. I should say this, that Pat doesn't have a mink coat but she does have a respectable Republican cloth coat, and I always tell her she'd look good in anything. One other thing I should probably tell you, because if I don't, they'll probably be saying this about me too. We did get something, a gift, after the election. A man down in Texas heard Pat on the radio mention the fact that our two daughters would like to have a dog. And believe it or not, the day before we left on this campaign trip, 
we got a message from Union Station in Baltimore saying they had a package for us. We went down to get it. You know what it was? It was a little Cocker Spaniel dog in a crate that he'd sent all the way from Texas, black and white, spotted. And our little girl, Trisha, the six-year-old, named it Checkers. And you know the kids, like all kids, love the dog. And I just want to say this right now, that regardless of what they say about it, we're going to keep it. The elites were dismissive, thinking Nixon, as the biographer Evan Thomas wrote, mawkish and maudlin. But the masses loved it. They flooded the Republican National Committee with messages of support, and Eisenhower heeded the popular will. Nixon would survive, for now. Thank you for listening to Reflections of History, a creation of Shining City Audio, a C-13 Originals and John Meacham Studio. Reflections of History is executive produced by me, John Meacham, and Chris Corcoran, Chief Content Officer and Founding Partner of Cadence 13. Production and editing led by Lloyd Lockridge, Margot Gray, and Chris Basil. Production assistance by Andy Jaskowitz and Adam Macias. Cadence 13 is an Odyssey company. I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.